Have you realized yet that your purpose in life is constantly evolving? The thing is, it can only evolve, grow, and expand to the extent you're willing to do the work to heal. That's why I've created a transformative half-day virtual event designed for purpose chasers who want to integrate their authentic selves in every aspect of their life. Together, we're going to co-create conversations around reflecting on current patterns, amplifying your genuine desires, prioritizing fulfillment over the facade of what you should do, and we'll talk about achieving actual tangible results. I believe our work together will have a profound impact on your life as we break you out of autopilot, scale your potential, and set you up to attract everything you say you desire. Plus, this space will be an enjoyable and supportive environment for new connections with like-hearted purpose chasers from all over the world. Together, we will laugh, dance, and maybe cry, but we'll be doing the work together. If this speaks to your soul and you want to detox and release what's no longer serving you so you can live fully in the pillars of redefining wealth, tickets are currently complimentary for this half day of coaching, training, and co-creating a new blueprint for your heart's desires directly with me. So grab your ticket today at patricewashington.com slash soul detox. That's patricewashington.com slash soul detox. Never let people place their impossibilities on your life. What they couldn't do has nothing to do with what you can do. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, I sit down with one of the most prolific inspirational speakers of our time, Trent Shelton. He says it's time to stop running from reality. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back. This is our anniversary Eve episode. I am so excited. Next week will be our three year anniversary here at Redefining Wealth. That is three years of teaching you that wealth is so much more than money and material possessions. We believe here in this community in the original definition of wealth, which states it's the condition of well-being. And I am so honored to have had the opportunity to do that for almost three years on the dot. But I'm super excited about the opportunity I recently had to sit down with Trent Shelton, someone I admire so much, such a great guy, great soul, great husband and father. And I am so pumped to introduce him to my audience. So I met Trent last year, summer of 2019. We were both speaking at Thrive in Las Vegas. And I don't know if I, I can't remember if I say this in the episode, but I'm going to say it again. I literally took notes and went backstage and stalked him (laughs) and waited to say hello because I knew I was just banking on getting this opportunity to have him share the wisdom that I heard in that room, plus what I went on to learn about him and from him with this audience because he is a poster child for turning pain into purpose and truly just living authentically and genuinely. And so I don't even want to belabor. Listen, if you're new here, make sure you subscribe. We do have a free Redefining Wealth Facebook community that you can join. Go find us, come on in and interact with purpose chasers from all over the world. But I got to get into this episode because there's just too many goodies. Here's Trent's bio. 
A former NFL wide receiver that is now considered one of the most impactful speakers of this generation, Trent reaches over 60 million people weekly through hard-hitting videos and unprecedented engagement. Though based in Fort Worth, Texas with his wife and children, Trent connects with people all over the world through his speaking engagements and his social media presence. Are you ready to become the greatest version of yourself? If so, it's rehab time. Let's get it. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth Podcast, Trent. What's up, Patrice? How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Thanks for sharing your platform. It's an honor. Man, you're a hard brother to catch up with. You know that, I right? Am. I am. <laughs> you are. But I was persistent I, from the time I saw you speak on stage at Thrive last summer. I was like... This dude is so real, so raw. I resonated with you so much. You know, I uh, tackled you backstage like, bro, (laughs) like this was so good. Um, But I just I was so instantly connected and I was like, I'm going to get him on the podcast no matter what. I'll ask over and over again. That's where that persistence comes into play. (laughs) But then we both came out on this list. Success Magazine released a list, 12 Inspiring Black Voices in Personal Development and do you know you're on the list? Did I don't. Because you hear <laughs> so you're you looking said, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, uh, no, I don't think I do. So, yeah. What's so funny is someone tagged me and told me. And then I looked at the list and we're both on it. And is I was like, yeah, like a couple okay, weeks okay. ago. And I was like, oh, that's a sign. I'm going to hit him up again. I'm going to try again. Right. So congratulations to you for that. So uh, several months ago, I was riding in the car with a mutual friend, Lisa Bilyeu, in L.A., and we were talking about the same snippet. We got into this conversation, and she's like, no, my friend talks about it. You have to hear this. You got to hear this. And it was one of your motivational audios on Spotify. And she turned it on, and I was like, that's the one I'm talking about. We were both talking about you. Um, So I just love that. But it's it's really interesting to me to hear that for you to have the fan base and the following and the success you've had as this personal development transformational person and then hear that you started out as an introvert. I still am. It's so funny because like if you ask my dad, so my dad came to one of my well, the first event my parents came to, that was a big event. And they were like tripping out. Like I was just looking at my dad, you know, I'm trying to see how they're feeling it. And my dad's kind of looking at me like back there, like give me this look that I've never seen before. <laughs> so I asked him after, he was like, I just couldn't believe that was you up there because you've been the son out of the three boys that's always been the quietest, not shy, but just always to myself. And for you to do that is just, it's just crazy to me. And so for me, it's, it's not that I'm shy. I just pride myself on being a listener and observer and my grandma always told me this, and it just always stuck with me. She says, Trent, bless her soul. She's like, when you speak, make your words count. And so I just always live by that. So when I speak, I want to make my words matter. And even to this day, you know, I'm introverted. Like I deal with social anxiety and it's crazy because I'm always around people. But uh, I'm the type of person that at times, like, and I've worked through this, will feel alone in a crowded room. You know, it's just, it's just who I am by nature. But um, I feel like when the purpose is big enough, uh, the struggle or any fear will never be great enough. And so uh, impacting lives has helped me overcome those anxiety issues and stuff like that. Do you know, I feel you so much 
because people always tell me this. So I've never was really familiar years ago with the difference between introverts, extroverts, ambiverts. But I would always tell people that, yes, I can get on stage and do my thing, but then I do need to go be quiet. (laughs) Like I do need to go be by myself. And it's weird because I love people. But then I love to be alone. Like I prefer to be alone though. And most of the time I spend being very quiet and no one who knows me professionally thinks that, but my family will come in and be like, are you here? Hello. Cause there's no music. <laughs> there's no TV. There's no nothing. It's just me and my thoughts. So I completely understand that. Um, I love that you said that though, because what it, your story is just incredible. Can you just talk about how your purpose evolved? Because you didn't start out wanting to be some transformational speaker. You started out quite differently on a different path. So take us back to how rehab time was actually born. What led up to it? Yeah, for sure. So you know, I wanted to be a football player, just any athlete my whole entire life. Uh, you know, having two older brothers, one's four years older, one's uh, seven years older. So, like, it's like they molded me. So I just wanted to keep up with them. Okay, they play basketball and baseball. I want to play football. I want to do that, too. So they were my role models growing up. Ever since five years old, I was playing tackle football. And, you know, fast forward, I was blessed enough to be able to get a scholarship to go Division One, And from there, to be able to go to the NFL, even in my NFL career, didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Now I know, but that was, that Wait, was Trent, Trent, you can't skip over that. You can't skip over that. Cause I, I read some of your first book and it didn't just not go how you thought it was going to go. Yeah. It was like one thing after another. Yeah. You have to speak to that because I think people, when you hear stuff like that, you think, Oh, okay. Maybe he didn't get drafted. No, but it was different than that. Can you just real quick? tell? Yeah, us- absolutely. So, I was supposed to get drafted, right? I mean, I know everybody says that, but uh, my uncle, he coached the NFL to this day. And so he would give me feedback. He was like, hey, you know, when I was with Atlanta, we liked you as a receiver, fourth or fifth round. And so I'm thinking, okay, cool. Maybe I'll go sixth round, seventh round, late round pick. It didn't happen. And I was so, like, worried. And I had to pretend like I was okay. Like, my mom would say, baby, you're all right? And I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'm not worried about it. Deep down, I was like, I'm really worried about it. And so after the draft, my phone started blowing off, ringing off the hook. Because I was a high priority free agent, I get a chance to go with the coach. My uncle advised me, he's like, "Hey, I'm good friends with Tony Dungy. Like, he's gonna give you a first shake. They're off. They're, they come off the Super Bowl, a good program. Like, don't go with who's offering you the most money. Go with a place that you can actually succeed at." So I went to Indy. Make a long story short, I had a great preseason. Like, I think I was one of the top rookie receivers. They ended up practice squatting me, so I'm like, I think I'm gonna make the team. They end up practice squatting me which is okay. There's like, Hey, you know, they tell you what you want to hear, by the way. So there's like, Hey, you know, we want to develop you. You know, we want you around. We don't feel like you're, we have two draft picks in front of you, a first round and a third rounder. So, you know, we just kind of want to mold you a little bit and uh, you know, and you'll be ready when somebody gets injured. I'm like, cool. So what did I go do? I bought my car, my truck that I promised myself. (laughs) And I mean, at that point it was a lot of money to me, you know? So I'm like, I'm buying these things and it was my promise to myself. So I'm okay with that. But I started doing other things financially that I shouldn't have been doing. Three weeks into me being in Indy, I get a call on, it's called Terrible Tuesday, which is the cut day. So I get a call. It's like, hey, come in here and bring your playbook. So I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe they want to add more plays. Like, I'm being naive. Like, I don't know what they want. So I I get there and they give me the speech, you know, like, hey, we really like you, but this is a numbers game. So we have to let you go, but hopefully we can bring you back. And so I'm just like shocked. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like my, my dream is fading away. Drive back to Texas. And that's the long drive after you get cut, by the way. It's like 13 hours. 
and I get to get home to Texas. And so what do I do now? It's September. I can't go out, even though I could, but I'm like, I'm not going out because everybody can be like, Trent, why are you here? You know I mean? Not many people make it to the NFL. And this, I mean, Fort Worth is big, but it's not many people who make it. So like, I, I literally shelter myself in my parents' house, in my room. And basically at that moment, I was teaching myself to not deal with things that run from reality. And that suppression started turning to depression. Blessed, I get a call a week later, I'm back up there. So that was my whole NFL career. And it even got to a point where when I was in Seattle, and this was the tipping point to rock bottom for me. 2009, 2008, I am with the Seahawks and I'm back home, right? I'm practice squad. I'm back home. I'm in Dallas. So if you're from Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, it's two separate cities. Dallas is like an hour away from Fort Worth. So I'm in Dallas eating. I get a call from a 206 number. They're like, hey, Trent, we want to bring you back. And I was like, hey, can I come? It was a Monday. So I was like, hey, can I come fly out tomorrow? Because you know, tomorrow's the off day. It's like, no, we need you here today to get you fitted, all this stuff, physical. So I rush home. I'm on Facebook. Like, what do we do? Hey, I'm going back to Seattle, texting everybody. Like, I go home, pack a small bag. <laughs> I get back to, I drive to the airport with like just one bag and I get a call from a 206 number. Like, okay, it's somebody from Seattle. It's like, hey, have you left yet? And I was like, nah, I'm about to get on the plane. It's like, good. Like, don't get on the plane. Like, we, 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 we changed our mind. And at that moment in my life, I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't care about football. I didn't care about life. And, you know, that was my rock bottom in my NFL career, for sure. Oh, my gosh. See, so when we hear that sometimes, we think it's like this little, you know, when I share my journey, for example, it happened over like 18 months, what I would consider my rock bottom, right? Yeah. It was one thing after the next for 18 months. And you hear people say this from the stage or say it in an interview and you're like, oh, that was two minutes. No, 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 no. Yes, yeah, it's some years. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is months or years of the no's, the rejection, the doubt, the failures, the feeling like this is not going how it was supposed to. And I love in the book that you talk about running from reality, yeah. right? And not facing what was really going on. So once you, once you got into rehab time and you actually discovered your purpose or evolved into your purpose, when you look yeah. back at that time, do you feel like it was necessary in order for you to become who you are today? Absolutely. Like there, there wouldn't be a story. You know, I always tell people, nobody wants to read a story with perfect chapters. Like every great story has bad chapters. Everybody has to overcome. I know that even, even right now, like, Every time I do something, whether it's a podcast or it's me on stage or just having conversations with people like, hey, this helped me. It brings more healing to my life because it made me realize that I had a purpose greater than the pain that I was experiencing. And so I know a lot of people, they're like in their storm. They're like, what is going on? But there's always a greater purpose. And you just got to allow the storm to do what it does and produce and grow something in your life that's beautiful. Yeah, I love on Instagram recently you posted, dear God, please silence my mind and bring peace to my heart. And there's a couple things I had a question about. Um, In the book, I believe it was in the book, you tell a story of picking up the Bible your mom gave you at one point, and it said NFL. Can you you talk about that? Because I also really love the fact that you are unapologetic about your faith. Absolutely. So when I went to the NFL, before I left, like my mom, like she's, like a faith monster. Like, you know, she got my dad right. Everybody, she's like the rock. And uh, she gave me a Bible and it was a Bible cover. Like it was like a football pigskin cover and had NFL. 
And on there, it had newfound life, right? So I'm going to be real. I didn't touch that Bible with envy. I just brought it. It collected dust. And it was the moment where, you know, I was back home and I picked up the Bible and I realized, like I saw before my mom wrote a note, she wrote Jeremiah 29, 11. And at that point I was like, oh, okay. You know, it was just another scripture. But then when I dove into Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, God have a plan for my life, a plan to prosper me, not to fail me. And that really, that was, even to this day, that's my rock scripture that allows me to have faith and trust in God, because oftentimes our plans have to fail so God's purpose for our life can prevail. And it's hard to let go of what we want to do and grab a hold on what God has called us to do. It's just so funny how that worked out. And my newfound life wasn't football. It was rehab time. And I didn't know that until obviously I had to lose what meant everything to me to realize that that wasn't my everything. And I had something else greater inside me. What would have happened if you would have run from that first speaking engagement? The, the one with the, <laughs> the students. Yeah. I probably, I mean, maybe eventually I would have ended up here, but I don't think I would have. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe somewhere down the line, but I definitely know that probably rehab time wouldn't wouldn't be what it is today because uh, what a lot of people, and I think I talk about this in the book, like I had to be at arena football the next, actually that day. And I convinced the coach to like, let me do this speaking engagement. Once my friend convinced me, uh, Jonathan convinced me to do it. And if I wouldn't have done it and had the experience and it's like, I'm sure you, I'm sure you have this. Like, it's just a feeling that it's just hard to explain and put into words that like, I'm like, I know this is it. And this is before people watching the videos rehab time was created, but it wasn't anything major. It was kind of just for me at that time. But it was a feeling that I felt on that stage to let me know, even to this day, I've never felt so much confidence and courage in the midst of fear. And that's the day that I literally let go of football forever. And I burned the bridge and then I just walked forward. And, you know, months later, six months, 12 months later, the video started to go viral and it started to catch on and my life changed forever. So it took me taking that step to get to where I'm at today. So I love this because I'm a coach, right? I have a a program called Purpose to Platform where I coach women basically on monetizing their God-given gifts. And one of the things that comes up over and over again is that people will get to that opportunity trend and then they know it, they feel it. That feeling that you talk about where you're like, I don't know, I don't know, no, but I know, (laughs) you know, like this. And then someone will come along that path right there at the beginning and say, well, what are you doing that for? Or look at where your life is, or wait a minute, who are you to say or do such and such? Did you ever experience anything like that when you were first getting started? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's probably why a lot of my first videos were like, you know, friends and who's really in your life. (laughs) Cause absolutely. You know, the people I thought would, would believe in me. I don't want to say they really, you know, it was like blatant, you know, um, discouragement, but it was kind of the thing like, oh, okay. Like one of those sympathy, oh, okay, you can do this or whatever. I had a lot of people tell me, Trent, like your past is too bad. Like what? You know, like you don't even like to speak, placing all these impossibilities on my life. And it's, that's why I tell people to this day, like never let people place their impossibilities on your life. Like what they couldn't do has nothing to do with what you can do. And even my mom at the time, um, I, I tell that in the book where I called her because when I got off the stage, I made some phone calls. Like it was a pact that I made with God. I was like, hey, God, you got to go three for three on these calls to give me a sign, which we all, and he already gave me a sign. I'm like, give me another sign. And 
first call was a coach. He hung up. Second call was a few of my friends. They really didn't get it. Third call was my mom. And the thing that she told me, and it's so funny to this day, because I was like, hey, God spoke to me. She's like, well, the devil can speak to you too. You know, like the enemy can speak to you too, baby. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? And when I explained to her the feeling that I felt, she was like, yes, that is a God moment. It's like, I don't know what he has in store for you, but I'll tell you this, Trent, your whole entire life, people have put this calling on your life. Your whole entire life, since I was four or five years old, to even me playing arena football, I'll tell that story. Like, it's been there. So I think it's time for you to answer this call. And once my mom gave me that courage, I answered the call. And I just was like, okay, I'm going to just follow you, lead my life. I never was in the personal development. Even to this day, when people call me a motivational speaker, it's kind of weird to me. <laughs> I was never into none of this stuff. I wasn't into reading books. You know, I wasn't definitely thinking about writing a book. And it took me walking literally in faith. And that's what faith is. Faith isn't believing because you see it. It's believing it because you know God has called you to do it. And Dr. Tony Evans says it best. Faith is in your feet. If you truly believe it, you will walk out even what you can't see. Oh, that's good. Faith is in your feet. Oh, that is so good. It's funny too. I was already doing talk shows and doing all kinds of stuff. And I remember when my dad told my mom, this is going to be so nice for her resume for when she gets a real job. <laughs> right. Like, sir, this is real. Like, this is a real thing. My mom asking me like, are you okay? You know, like, I'm just like, mom, like, cause she's not on the internet much, you know? So now she's starting to see like, but for so long, she was so worried about me. I'm like, mom, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. They're used to that brick and mortar. You need to go somewhere. You need to like be somewhere to have a job. And my dad used to be like, you're always home when I, when I talk to you. And I'm like, dude, I work from home. It's all good. <laughs> One of the videos that you put out, was it a video or audio that I heard that did it for me? I was going through a time kind of late fall last year and someone that I really trusted basically betrayed me. And you put, you had it out, but you know, when you hear things the first time it was, it was good. Like, right. Yeah. I just had it on. It was playing. It was good. When I was in the middle of that a circumstance, <laughs> it hit that a little thing, bit differently. <laughs> that thing hit, it hit a little bit different and it was don't be used. And you said, oh my gosh, when you remove people from your life, they're going to paint a picture to the world that you did them wrong when they did you wrong. That thing hit hard. But then there was this other line. Oh my gosh. It was something like, never feel guilty for cutting someone off when they handed you the scissors. Yeah. That line is like that video you know, don't be used and everybody isn't your friend. Those videos are always super personal to me. And the reason why, you know, a lot of people ask me this, right? It's like, Trey, you talk about removal a lot. And the reason I do that, like I like to explain this, is not that I feel like everybody in your life is bad, but I just know as long as you keep toxic things in your life, um, you're never going to live to your full potential. You know, my best friend, the reason why I started Rehab Time, he committed suicide because someone left his life. Somebody did them wrong. And it was my promise to him to like, okay, I'm going to make sure, even myself, when I lost these friends, and that's what people try to do when they can no longer benefit off of you, they got to paint a picture to the world, you know, that you did them wrong when they're the ones that did you wrong. So I tell people, you know, it as a good hearted person, just like you are, it's hard for me to give up on people. It's hard for me to say, man, you know what? I don't want you in my life no more. So I always let my principles make that decision. I let my values make that decision. And my values are being disrespected. My values will say, hey, they gave you the scissors. 
it's time to do some surgery. If my principles aren't respected, they make the decision because I know if I keep things that go against that in my life, my life is going to be filled with confusion, heartache, and pain. That is so good. One of the ones that I realized during that time is that I wasn't like, I'm not above people's bad behavior. Right. So, you know, sometimes when you see people behaving badly with others, you're like, oh, but they wouldn't do that to me. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm so I'm so nice. I'm so kind. No, if I stay around, I can help them. I'll help them be better. They'll get it from my example. And literally during that time when I was listening to, to that over and over again, don't be used about people not being loyal to you. They're loyal to the benefits that come with you. That's been one of the hardest lessons as my career has progressed because I did well early on, but there was no social media, right? There was no, all the stuff where that makes you more visible. So my friends were just my friends, but they didn't really know. They're like, well, she drive a Range Rover 20 something. That's cool. But they didn't really know. No. Right. And then, you know, now in this space, it's so easy for people to try to attach themselves to you. How do you protect yourself? How do you protect your family, your peace? Dang, I'm, I'm going to try to put this in like a, I could talk about this for hours, but for me, you know, for one, I have levels of, of levels of friendship, as I say in my life, you know, and I, I think when we give people titles they don't deserve, that's when we mess up. You know, I really think that. So for me, I have family. Obviously, it doesn't have to be blood, but family are people that I know for a fact that I can call right now. They can call me. It's, hey, I need this. They're there, right? And then I have friends where it's kind of, you know, maybe so, maybe not. I don't expect too much from them. I expect loyalty. I expect the same loyalty I give. Then I have associates. Associates are people usually that might be in, in the space that you're in, right? That, you know, maybe the the relationship is beneficial mutually. I don't expect things from them because when you have expectations, the wrong expectations, and you put the wrong unfair expectations on people. Because sometimes we put expectations on people that is unfair to them. We're expecting them to be there for us because maybe we had a few conversations. Like, I know what's real. And I just a firm believer in keeping people in their categories. Because when you miscategorize people, that's when you tend to have problems. So I'm not going to expect something from you. I'm going to trust you for who you are. And that's just how it is, right? For who you are, I'm going to trust you to be that person. So this has helped me in my life and deal with people because how I protect my peace, because I used to get angry, but I'm just like, that's on me. This person has shown me that they can't be trusted. They're a liar. Why am I expecting them to tell the truth? Like, why am I giving my business to them when they have gossip over and over and over again? So I've learned to trust people for who they are. And when I do that, it's like a, it's like a boundary that's set to say, okay, Trent, you know, this person is, do you want to give them this information or do you want to be around them? Or do you want to do this? And it really helps me, you know, uh, keep my sanity and my peace. And it's tough. Like, and I'll, this last thing for me, how I really determine like real family in my life and people, I asked myself this question. I said, on my friends, my friends spoken word, if all I had to offer was friendship, who would still be around? And that's when I know it's real. Like when people love me for who I am, not what I do, because as you said, when the benefits leave for most people, that's when the loyalty has stopped. I know that from the NFL. I had a tons of friends around as long as we get in the club, free VIP. I'm paying for bottles, all of that. It was Gucci then, right? And then as soon as that stuff left, a lot of people left with it. So in this space now, I understand what's real, I understand what's not real and I operate accordingly. So how does that pan out as you have now millions of followers, millions of fans? 
how do you separate their admiration from what's real? Like for me, I say, I don't ever want to be a public success and a private failure. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't ever want everyone else to be like, oh yeah, right? And then my real relationships, the ones that I know, the ones that I know are friends and family, not just associates or not just people that are around. It's still sometimes hard just to really make the investment I want to make in those relationships because I feel like there's always something right? Like when the pandemic hit and people were like, oh, you don't have to travel and speak now. I'm like, I'm busier than I was (laughs) at home. Like there's still so much going on. How do you manage that and make sure that you're still showing up for the friends and family the way that you want to when you have such a demand from so many people out there? Yeah. So my, my good friend, Jonathan, same guy who brought me to his church. Um, he told me this on a podcast, and it stuck with me. He said, when your priorities are out of order, your life will always be out of balance. And I stuck with that. And, you know, I always evaluate my life. I always try to keep my life in order by my priorities. And so for me, I'm willing to sacrifice rehab time for my family. I mean, I do it and I've always done it because I always forward think at the end of my life, what is going to truly matter? Who is going to truly be there? Like, I appreciate all the supporters, but I know if it gets real out of those millions of people, it might be a very few fraction. You know, some people, I wouldn't say it's kind of weird to say this, but you, you'll see, like, some people will, will do something or go through something or make a mistake and people will turn them just like that. Oh, and they'll so cancel you now. The cancel yeah, culture. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Canceling real quick. And so if you live for, if you live for their praises, right, then you'll die by their criticisms. And, and so I don't, I humanize myself as much as I can. I don't put myself on a pedestal. I don't think more highly of myself than I should think of myself. And I humanize myself. And I do that by keeping myself around what's real for me, like the reality of life. Because if you keep yourself around this facade, right, around the the lights, the cameras, the actions and everything, you can lose yourself in that because you start to think, okay, these people really, really care about me. Or you start to think, okay, um, you know, my life is, you know, above everybody else's. And when you lose those things, you will lose yourself. And I know that because I was like that with the NFL. You know, ain't nobody, once I got cut, those fans that were cheering for me in the stands, they weren't checking for me. <laughs> Wasn't nobody hitting me like, Trent, are you okay? Are you all right? Nobody was. And no diss to them because I understand even now that, they follow me and my supporters follow me because of what I give to them and what I provide to them. And that's okay. Like I understand my positioning in their life, but also understand that once I stop, I need to focus on who's really going to be there and cultivate those relationships. once this journey has ran out. Yeah, that's good. I love that. I can attest to the fact that you have a very humble spirit. And what I loved about watching you on stage is that Again, and I'm not trying to compare myself to you at all, but I think that's what just connected me so much. I was like, he doesn't even have a speaking voice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know how some people, (laughs) you know, I always tell my clients, I'm like, I'm here by the grace of God because I didn't start out trying to be a speaker either. And I'm like, I don't have this like thing that I turn into when I'm on stage. Like I'm literally just being myself. 
And that's what I loved about you is that it was so real and raw. And I felt like you were just talking to the, to the homeboy. Like you were just, or I was your homegirl. Like you were just talking like you would standing in the street, standing on the corner at the barbershop in in the living room. Like that is what is so relatable or what the connection is. And I remember someone asking me one time, Trent, how did you know that you made it? And I was like, where, where did I make it? Have you had a moment where you felt like, oh, I made it? Yes and no, right? So no, because I feel like there's always another level and I never want to feel like I made it because I had that mistake, like I said, the NFL. Like once I got there, (laughs) I stopped doing it took once I, you know, once I got there to get me there. But I do have moments that are like surreal. When somebody had mentioned me with, you know, whoever, like somebody was like, oh, you and Oprah and Trent and whoever inspires me. I'm like, what? This is crazy. Or like being out the country, like, it's just those moments uh, or somebody sharing their story and said, this video really helped their life. Those are the moments that I have to pinch myself because I know where I started at. I know I was in literally in my mother's guest room, depressed and started on a old MacBook computer, just speaking, not even know what I was doing. So those are the moments where I'm like, this is crazy. Like people really are impacted by my life. And so I don't know. I don't even understand it to this day. And I, I stopped trying to, I just operate and the gift that God has given me. And hopefully it touches the hearts that need it. I love that. I love that. Before I let you go, you have a new book that just came out. It's called Straight Up. And this is what I like. Honest, unfiltered, as real as I can put it advice. Why? Why was that the subtitle? Because <laughs> I wanted to let them know, like, this wasn't a book. And not saying a book, my last book was a book of fluff, but you know, it's targeted to young adults. It's for everybody though. So if you're an adult listening to this, you'll probably get it for your kid and you'll read more of it than your kid. But I wanted people to know it was going to be that raw, just real truth that they're used to. Like, I really feel when you pick up this book and read it, you're going to be like, this is trending in video. Like literally how it's written. Like my first line of the book is like, listen, as real as I can put it. <laughs> I wanted people to know that it's going to pierce your heart. But I felt kids or young adults, they need that. Like, I wish I would have had somebody tell me like why you shouldn't do this. Not just because, oh, don't do drugs or don't do this. Like, why? What could actually happen? You know, don't have a kid before you get married. You know, this is how much kids cost, you know, like and stuff. Or your dream could be delayed. You know, I would have been like, what? Oh, for sure. (laughs) And so I'm just being, giving kids just that upfront talk that I wish I would have had. So what are some of the other things that you cover in it, though, that makes it different than your first book? I cover a few things that I covered in my first, like championship mindset. But this book, I'm being straight up about mental health, past pain and hurts. I think a lot of people, if you love my friendship, relationship vibe, uh, I really dive in on that. I mean, one of the the lessons is everybody isn't your friend. So uh, it's the main difference. I feel like it's an easy read and it's just... There's no fluff in it. Like there's absolutely no fluff in it. And there's no excuse not to read the book because I wanted to take that out. I asked kids, I was like, hey, would y'all read a book? And they're like, no. And I was like, would y'all read a book if literally I asked my son, like literally if it took you three minutes to read one lesson, they're like, yes. So I was like, I have to make this, you know, so concise that they have no excuses. So I think that's what makes it different. I love that. I'm actually really excited to read it and also nervous. Because you give me, you give me what my what my uh, clients say is snatch edges vibes. Like it's gonna be so <laughs> real and raw that we're gonna be left bald. Like oh, okay, 
but I'm excited. I'm excited for you and everything that you're up to. And just that I had the opportunity to meet you in person. Just great talk. I'm one that I'll never forget. Before I let you go, I have to ask you a few quick questions. These are called okay. Redefining Wealth Rapid Wisdom Questions. So you're going to tell Ooh. us the first thing that comes to mind. All right. All right. How do you define success? Peace. That'll work. Okay. How do you uh, uh, is, it one, is, it just, uh, is it one word or Jack can say? It's whatever you want to uh, say. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was just one word. Like, okay. So, but that, that would be my, that would be my answer. Anyway. So yeah, peace. I love it. I'm with it. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Wealth in three words. This is a good one. I'm just going to say leaving impact here. What I mean by that is I believe true wealth, obviously, is not just in your bank account, but it's also in your talents and your gifts and your wisdom that you leave here. And so I want to I want to be able to leave things that for generations. So my great grandkids can watch this interview and be like, man, like it was so much knowledge in here. I mean, so much I can take away. So, yeah, leave an impact here once I'm gone. I love it. Okay, what's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Because like I said, I think holistically with purpose, I feel like that's the wealthiest thing we could have. And so, yeah, that book changed my life when it came to purpose. Awesome. Okay, this is the last one. You're going to fill in the blank. My name is blank. And to me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Trent Shelton. And the truth about wealth is it is bigger than anything you could ever purchase. That's good. <laughs> I just call mute. That's good. I love it. Thank you so much, Trent. Much success to you with the new book and everything that you're doing. And just thank you for being such a great example. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for sharing your platform. And this interview was incredible. So thank you. All right. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? What did I tell you? If this is not one of the episodes that you end up listening to several times, I just don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what I have to do. Like there are so many nuggets from Trent. And then we talked before and after, and I was blown away. There were other things I just wish I could have recorded, but let's just get into First of all, how he went from being an introvert to an inspirational speaker. Now, I have clients in Purpose to Platform all the time who say, well, I'm shy. I don't like video. I don't. And I know there's a difference between being shy and an introvert. I understand. But I hear all the things. And yet I know and I see so much in them. And so I push and push and push because Trent, for me, is a real life example of what's possible when we get out of the way and just allow God to use us, right? And I love that he talked about, you know, that nobody wants to read a perfect story or a story with perfect chapters. Like every great story is going to have some bad chapters. And so I don't care what 2020 has brought into your life. I don't care what it feels like, what it looks like, what it seems like. I am praying that from this episode, you remember that everything you're experiencing is a lesson or a blessing. Nothing is going to waste and it will all come together and work for your good. I truly, truly believe that. I also love what Trent said about just the relationship advice, right? Like if all I have to offer is friendship, will people still be around? Ooh, that's so good, especially in a time like this, right? 
when we may not be out spending on drinks and dinner and all these things? Like, are people still checking on you? Are they still checking for you? And big one he messed me up with, giving people titles they don't deserve. I definitely have seen several times in my life where I called someone friend or I gave them a position even in my business that they did not deserve. And I I just gave them too much credit that they didn't have the capacity to really sustain. Their character wasn't ready to sustain that. And Trent pretty summed up (laughs) my 2019. (laughs) Like I really learned a great lesson straight up. I really learned a great lesson about that. And just so much more. That understanding that if you live for their praises, you'll die for their criticisms. Ooh, listen, there are too many nuggets here. There are too many nuggets here. I'm going to suggest that you share this, especially with a young person in your life, especially with a young man in your life. Share this episode. I know it will be a blessing. And don't forget to pick up Trent's new book, Straight Up, Honest, Unfiltered, As Real As I Can Put It Advice. It is so good. I've been listening to it on Audible. It will bless you. Pick up a copy of Straight Up. There's a link in the show notes or in the description if you're watching this or listening to this on YouTube. We have a link for you and make sure you rate and review. Again, big shout out to Trent. Go follow him on Instagram. Incredible, incredible soul. Let's talk about it in the free Redefining Wealth Facebook community. I want to hear your takeaway. Share with me some ahas because I had several downloads while experiencing the interview and then after and then listening again. And I know that you will too. So can't wait to talk to you about all that. Hit me up in social media. I'm at Seek Wisdom PCW. That's at Seek Wisdom PCW. And until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.